to start this morning by uh, appreciating God even for the grace and uh, privilege to bring God's word this morning to every one of us. I do not take it for granted. I do not take it for uh, lightly. Also, I want to thank God for left for our pastor and the leaders of the church for uh, the great opportunity to share God's word with you. And it's my earnest prayer that God will bless every one of us this morning in Jesus' name. Let's bow our heads and our hearts as we pray. Everlasting Father, we thank you for your grace and mercy. Thank you for your word that you have prepared to bless us with today. Holy Spirit, we pray that your word will come out expressly this morning in the name of Jesus. Let every one of us, O oh Lord, this morning be blessed in the mighty name of Jesus. We pray in the name of Jesus that you will speak through me. And let each and every one of us here experience your power and your presence in Jesus' name. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Brethren, by God's grace, we are in the month of May. The month of May is the fifth month of the year. Praise God. I know that we all know that. Praise God. But the number five is very significant. The number five is the number for grace. And little wonder, our theme for this month is the grace for exploits. Hallelujah. Grace for exploits. So, so far in this month, by God's grace, we have looked at the uh, topic on the wings of uh, grace. And our pastor has really shed many lights on the concept of grace and what grace can do. Praise God. And we understood that grace is very potent. Praise God. We understood that grace is very potent. With grace, a weak individual can become strong. Hallelujah. We understand that with grace, slaves can become kings. Hallelujah. We understand that through grace, a nobody can become somebody. Hallelujah. So grace of God that we all as Christians enjoy is unmerited. And as a matter of fact, this grace is very expensive. It cost God his only begotten son. And he gave that son as a seed for every one of us here to become children of God. And grace, as we know, is not fear. Praise God. There are many people more qualified than you are, but they did not enjoy that grace. An example. Many people more vibrant. They are very strategic. They have plans for 10 years, 5 years ago. But they are no more here today. But you are enjoying the grace of God. And it is that grace that made you to be part of those who answered present this morning. Hallelujah. If you don't know it, there is a roll call every morning. And if your name is not called among the living, there is no way the individual will be alive. But that grace of God has made you to be part of those that are called in the book of the living this morning. I just want you to put your hands together and as you appreciate God for that grace to be alive. Hallelujah. Amen. So this morning, by God's grace, I want to talk to you about maximizing God's grace. Maximizing God's grace. I know our pastor has given us some insights or some um, preview into this last week. But I want us to read our scripture this morning. The anchor text is taken from the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 5, 
uh, chapter 15 rather, from verse 8 to 10. And I will be reading the New International Version. So if you have your Bible, I want you to open up and you can see it on the screen. But I want to encourage you to open your Bible because sometimes you might want to highlight, sometimes you might just want to um, bookmark that page. Amen. What of the Lord says, and last of all, he appeared to me as to one abnormally born, for I am the least of the apostles and do not even deserve to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But verse 10, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace to me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than all of them. Yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. Praise God. This morning, I want to emphasize on that verse 10 and the portion that is highlighted on the screen. Where Apostle Paul was saying, I work harder than all of them. Praise God. Beloved, the life of a Christian starts with grace. The life of a Christian starts with grace. Whether it was when you were born or conceived or when you gave your life to Christ, there is the element of grace there. And this life must continue with grace. Hallelujah. And the life of a Christian ends with grace. Now, Let's take it as though the beginning of your life as a Christian was when you were born. You have no input, no contribution to that. True or false? Yes? But as you continue to grow in grace, with grace, you have your part to play there. Hallelujah. And when it's time to go, when it's time to leave this earth, many of us, we have no part to play in that as well. So the part that you, the place that you can really come in is as you journey, as you grow on a daily basis. Now I understand the fact that we always used to say that grace of God or the unmerited mercy and favor of God is abundant. And that is one of the favorite prayers that we pray in Christendom. Lord, we need your grace, Lord, and this grace, 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 grace. But I want to tell you this morning that grace is not a free lunch. Hallelujah. You know, there is this saying that there is no free lunch. Grace is not a free lunch. You have your part to play. Hallelujah. I remember this story of a wise man. In the village, he was the wisest man, and everybody comes to him for advice and for uh, counsel. And then somebody came on a day, he was holding a bird, and he said to him, wise man, can you tell me whether this bird is dead or alive. The person was a tempter. And then he says, the wise man said to himself, if I said the bird is alive, all he needs to do is what? Strangle the bird and the bird will be dead. And he says, if I say the bird is dead, all he needs to do is to leave the bird and the bird will fly away. And the wise man said, the answer is in your hand. Hallelujah. The answer is in your hand. So when it comes to maximizing grace of God, brethren, the answer is in your hand. Whether you maximize it, whether you frustrate it, whether you minimize the grace of God, the answer is in your hand. Hallelujah. 
So we all have a role to play. When God was to deliver the children of Israel, God appeared to Moses. And he said to Moses, Moses, what is that in your hand? And Moses said, it's a rod. He dropped the rod, and the rod became a serpent. Praise God. But Moses took the rod again, and from that moment henceforth, that rod was referred to as the rod of God. Praise God. For God to do miracles, for God to do wonders, he needs that which is in your hand. And the question to you and I this morning, what is in your hand? Hallelujah. What is in your hand? Now, the grace of God is very interesting. The grace of God will not make things easy. Praise God. It makes things possible. Hallelujah. You know, Philippians chapter 4 verse 13, the Bible says, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. Hallelujah. There is a place of strengthening. Hallelujah. You know, if you say, oh, no, for example, I want to leave this chair. No, of course. My name is Samson, but I'm not the strongest man. So I, I doubt I'll be able to leave this with one hand. Praise God. But it's not easy, right? But with the grace of God, it is possible. Praise God. Think about your journey. Those orders that you have crossed, were they easy? But were they possible? Hallelujah. So what is that challenge that you are looking at this morning? And you are saying, will this be possible? Look back, reflect on the, how God has worked with you for the past 10 years, 20 years. And say, it might not be easy, but it is possible. Hallelujah. I want to look at your neighbor and say, it might not be easy, but it is possible. Hallelujah. So still talking about what is in your hand. Grace of God, we amplify the seed that is in your hand. Praise God. Bible says Isaac sowed in the land. Genesis 26 verse 12. And in that same year he reaped an hundredfold. Now you might not understand. But look at it in context. There was farming in the land. Praise God. Now if you sow a seed where rain falls regularly. You will expect harvest. Praise God. But in a place where there was farming. There was nothing happening. But in that same year, in that same land, Isaac sowed and he reaped an hundredfold. What was that? Grace. Hallelujah. It wasn't easy, but grace made it possible. Hallelujah. People might say, oh, Swansea is this, Swansea is that, UK is this, UK is that. I want to tell you, people still come here, they make it. Hallelujah. People can still say, oh, Swansea is this, Swansea is that. People still come. They buy houses. Hallelujah. People still come. They graduate. People still come and make something positive out of their life and destiny. The answer is in your hand. Hallelujah. So this morning, by God's grace, I just want to talk to you about two points on maximizing God's grace. Two points. Number one, the question is, why are you here? I want you to look at your neighbor and ask them, why are you here? This is a question about purpose. It's a question about purpose. And purpose can be defined as the reason for which something is done or created or for which something exists. God has a purpose for you. God has a purpose for your life. And you need God's grace to achieve that purpose. 
Hallelujah. You need God's grace to achieve that purpose. And if you have not on the journey, or if you, are, if you do not achieve your purpose, then you have not maximized God's grace. Hallelujah. In fact, if you, have not, if you are not on the pathway to achieve your purpose, you are either minimizing or frustrating God's purpose. So when we talk about maximizing God's purpose, it's about the fulfillment of your purpose and your destiny. So you need to discover your purpose. You need to discover why you are here. If we look at the story of the man called Caleb, Caleb as a man, if you look at the book of Joshua chapter 14, verse 9 to 12, I want you to read your Bible with me. Joshua chapter 14, verse 9 to 12. The Bible says, And Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land whereon thy feet are strolled shall be thy inheritance, and thy children's forever, because thou hast wholly followed the Lord my God. And now, behold, the Lord hath kept me alive, as he said, these forty and five years, even since the Lord spake these words unto Moses, while the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness. Praise God. Let's stop there. Was Caleb not an Israelite? Praise God. Caleb was an Israelite. But he said what? The children of Israel were wandering in the wilderness. But he was not wandering. Those that were wandering, they died in the wilderness. Praise God. There was a purpose for his life. And because he has that purpose, he was not wandering. Those who wander off, they become prey to the enemy. They died in the wilderness. Praise God. And now, lo, I am this day four scores and five years old. Yet I am as strong this day as I was in the day that Moses sent me. As my strength was then, even so is my strength now for war both to go out and to come in. Now, therefore, verse 12, very important. Give me this mountain, whereof the Lord spake in that day, for thou heardest in that day how the Anakim were there, and that the cities were great and fenced. If so, be the Lord, if so be the Lord will be with me, then I shall be able to drive them out as the Lord said. Why has God kept Caleb alive? Why did God granted him that same strength for 45 years? It's because there was a purpose. Praise God. And the purpose was to drive out the Anakins from the land. Are you praying for God to strengthen you? Are you praying for God to keep you alive? Many of us, we don't want to die. But why should God keep you alive? Why should God keep you alive? If all you are asking God to keep you alive for is for you to go to work and make money, for you to train your children in school, somebody else can train them. What is the reason why you are asking God to, to keep you alive? Can you mention two things that can only be done by you and you alone? If you are a teacher and you are saying, oh, I need to be alive to teach these children chemistry, Anybody can teach chemistry. But why must it be you to teach chemistry? 
You have children, thank God. But why must you be you to be their parent till they grow old? What is the mandate? What is the reason why God should keep you alive? Caleb was kept alive with the same strength for 45 years until he became 85 because of the purpose to drive out the Anakin from the land. So if you are praying that God establish me in the UK, yes, it's a good prayer, but why must God establish you and not somebody else? What is the purpose? What is the reason for God doing that for you and not somebody else? We are all in Swansea, but why are you in Swansea? At this time, in 2022, and not in 2010. Why are you in Swansea and not in Manchester? There is a reason for which you find yourself here at this present point in time. And until you discover it, you will not maximize God's purpose for your life. Hallelujah. Are we together? Until you discover this purpose, you will not, mag- you will not manima- maximize this in your life. Amen. So there are questions that we need to ask ourselves in order for us to discover our purpose. So God's grace will only have an expression in your life if you have a clear view of why you are here. This is the month of May in 2022 five months is going what have you achieved with respect to your purpose so far in 2022 if god is kept keeping you alive for you to be a voice to the voiceless how many people have you spoken up for in this year so far If God is keeping you alive for you to become a prayer warrior, how many hours have you spent in the place of prayer this year? If God is keeping you alive for you to become a mentor to somebody, how many people have you mentored this year? Why should God keep you alive? Why should God give you more grace Like we always pray, Lord, give me grace. Why should it be you and not somebody else? You need to discover that reason. The reason why it should be you and not somebody else. And I pray God will help us to do this in the name of Jesus. Let's open our Bible to the book of Acts chapter 13, verse 36. Acts chapter 13, verse 36. The Bible is talking about David here. It says, now, when David had served God's purpose in his own generation, praise God, now when David had served God's purpose in his own generation, he fell asleep and was buried with his ancestors and his bodies decayed. Here, we can see that David served God for he, he fulfilled his purpose within his own generation. This is your own generation. This is your own time. Will this be said about you that you came, you saw, and you conquered? Will it be said about you that you came, you made a difference? Hallelujah. I have this saying that if you meet somebody and you leave them the same way you met them, or even worse than you met them, you have failed. If you meet anybody, you must leave them better than you met them. And that is when you will not say you are a failure. 
pray God will help us in Jesus' name. So let's quickly look at some few points as to how you can discover and fulfill your purpose. Number one, we must study and meditate on God's word. We must study and meditate on God's word. Psalm 119 verse 103 and 105 says, How sweet are your words to my taste? Sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through your preset, I get understanding. Therefore, I ate every first way. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Do you want to know why God is keeping you alive? Study. Do you want to know what God will have you do in your generation in this day and time? Study. You know, there are many schools of thought in Christendom. Some people say it is not necessary for you to read the entire Bible. Some people say you only need to read a portion as the Holy Spirit gives you insight. Whatever you believe in, whatever your, your mindset, study. And that is the only way you can know what God has in stock for you. If you buy a new device... Many a times we don't want to read the manual. But it is in the manual that you know all you can do with that device. Why would somebody buy an iPhone 13 or 14 Max Pro and all they do is take photo? All they do is WhatsApp. All they do is they receive call. People build million pounds worth of company on an iPhone. We all use WhatsApp. Somebody created WhatsApp. And when they sold it, they sold it for billions on the same iPhone. When you have a device or when you have something and the purpose is not known, you will underutilize it. But if you want to know, if you don't want to underutilize or underfulfill or underachieve the purpose God has for you, you need to know why you are here. Study. And I pray God will give us insight into the right world in the name of jesus second point is for you to associate yourself with wise counselors associate yourself with wise counselors apostle paul says i worked harder than them all but when apostle paul first had that encounter what did he do he was in the house of ananias for days until it was time for him to launch forth Proverbs 11 verse 14 says, Where there is no counsel, the people fall. But in the multitude of counsel, there is safety. Proverbs 15 22, Without counsel, plan go out. But in the multitude of counsel, counselors, they are established. Brethren, you are not an island. You need somebody. You need somebody to hold your hand. You need somebody to guide you. Praise God. If you don't have a mentor, look for a mentor. Praise God. If you don't have a mentor, do what? Look for a mentor. There are people that have gone through the journey before you. They ask them, how did you do it? Praise God. Otherwise, you will spend five years trying to figure out the way when you can just read it from what somebody has gone through in the past. It's not a, it's not a good use of your energy and time. When you are trying to make the same mistake that people have made in the past and they told you this is how to avoid the mistake, 
Why do you want to suffer when somebody that can tell you this is the way to go? Praise God. Look for people that will encourage you to be a better you. Praise God. Look for people that will encourage you to love God more. Look for people that will encourage you to serve God more. Look for people that will encourage you to love your spouse more. You find yourself in the congregation of people who all they say about their spouse is their bad side. Leave, that, leave those group of people. Why? Because they will destroy your destiny. I remember back, days, back then in the days of uh, my uni days, I used to say this when I have the opportunity to uh, encourage people. I say, if your GP, in Nigeria we call it CGPA, here maybe it's average. If your average is the best among your clique and people you work with, leave that clique. Because you need people to challenge you in order for you to fulfill your purpose. If you find yourself as the best in that area, brethren, you will just remain on that level. Look for people that are better than you and let these people sharpen you. Let them direct you. Let them guide you. You need a mentor. If I look back, many of the people that I work with, there are people that are older than me in age. It's just by... By God's orchestration. You know, I could remember sometimes ago, back in 2006 or so, I remember people would come and say, okay, we want to buy this, we want to buy this, what do you think? And I was like, I will go and read about it. Praise God. But whenever you are moving with people, let them be people that will challenge you to serve God, to love God, and to do better. And I pray God will give us this grace in Jesus' name. And if you are here and you are a mentor, there is a great gain for mentorship. Bible says in the book of 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2, these things that you have heard of me, the same commit into the hands of faithful men. You need to disciple other people. Next, we need to pray for direction and wisdom. We also need to pray for discernment. If you look at the book of First James chapter 1, verse 5 to 6, the Bible says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who giveth to all liberally and without reproach, and it shall be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. Brethren, you need to ask God, what can I do today that will take me in the direction of a better tomorrow? When you pray, say, God, show me what I need to do that will take me in that direction for a better tomorrow. We need to pray. Hallelujah. Brethren, I remember when we came to Swansea just a few years ago. One of the first things we did was pray, God, now that we are here, why are we here? You know? And if you don't take time to pray that prayer, you will be surprised. Four years we go, five years we go, nothing to show. You have not made any difference. So I want to encourage you. Ask God, today is Sunday, 15th of May, 2022. What can I do today 
that will take me in the direction for a better tomorrow. Again, you need to prioritize doing God's will. Matthew 6, 33 says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Brethren, it's very easy that the cares of life, the, the, the fact that we have bills to pay, will take us out of God's presence. It is very easy for you to work seven days a week just because you have to meet ends meet. But do you know that it is not by labor, it is by favor. But that doesn't take away the place of labor. Hallelujah. It is God's grace that makes it possible, even though it is not easy. You know, I could remember a few years ago during my, my, my PhD program, there are people that Monday to Sunday, Sunday to Sunday, they are in the office. They are there, writing code, writing paper, doing all sorts of things. Every day, if you come 3 a.m., they are there. And I was like, you know, so I, no, it was in Asia, that was in Hong Kong. And if you know how Chinese and Asian people work, you can't compete with them. They, you can't. Seven days a week, 24 hours they work. If you have seen some video making or some picture making headway uh, in the social media, after lunch, 12 o'clock, we have power nap. One hour, you are allowed, and they can be there until 3 a.m. Working. But I want to tell you that even sometimes we have to leave the office, go to church, come back to the office, and no. But I want to tell you this. There was a place of grace. God did church for video or program from there back to the office. That was a circle. That was a circle. And most times, in fact, before I go to work in, or to my office in the morning, I will first of all go for a church assignment. Maybe go and deliver a mail somewhere or go and see one or two persons with respect to the church before going to do my work. But when I look back, I could see that the things and the place that I am today is as a result of God's grace. I labored, I worked, but I tell you this, it is not the work that I put in that got me to where I am here. It is the favor of God. Praise God. So you don't have to be qualified for you to be preferred. You need the favor of God for you to be preferred. And I pray God will give us that favor in the mighty name of Jesus. And for you to fulfill your purpose, you need to pay attention to your, to your passion. What is that thing that you love doing? What is that thing that drives you? What is that thing that makes you wake up in the morning? 2 a.m., he said, let's do this. You are dear because you are passionate about it. That is the only way you can maximize God's, God's grace upon your life. The second point we will consider because of our time is that you must use it or you lose it. Praise God. You must use it or you lose it. God has given every one of us a measure of grace. But we like saying, Lord, give me grace. Lord, give me grace. We always want more, 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 and more. But that which God has given you, what have you done with it? Praise God. What have you done with it? God hates wastage. And he appreciates good stewardship. If you look at Matthew 25, verse 27 to 30, here the Bible is talking about the parable of, this, of, of, of the uh, servant. 
He gave one ten ta- five talents. He gave another two, and he gave another one. And the one he gave one went to heed it. He didn't use it. And what did the Bible say? It said, take it from him and give to the one that had ten. God has given, God has deposited grace upon your life. How frequently are you using this?